0: This is Mornings with Smith minus Smithy, who is, of course, at the Cricket World Cup, doing a brilliant job as per usual. My name is Daniel McCarty and the chair for him for the duration of the event. uh, And we will continue to cover this uh, tournament uh, day in, day out. And last night and into the wee hours of this morning, quite a result. Uh, We've been reasonably high on the show on South Africa due to what uh, seems like a very powerful batting lineup, both at the top and at the bottom. We all know uh, South Africa tend to produce some good bowlers, but they seem to have good balance in their side, and they flexed their muscles last night. 311 for the loss of seven they made against Australia, and Australia in a run chase that was a pretty tough one, well, wilted away. No one really getting a score of any substance, and Australia uh, have been on the receiving end of quite a heavy loss. They've lost by 134 runs. South Africa, that's their second big win. They sit atop of the standings, head of uh, New Zealand, on net run rates, so too India and Pakistan on four points well of the Australians are o from 2 after losses to the aforementioned South Africa and India, and their net run rate is not looking too flash, but as I said to a talkback caller on the last hour um, and as I've said many times over the years, I don't trust Australian cricketers, and this is a compliment this is a compliment, because they somehow, someway fight back, don't they you need to extinguish them, you need to stamp out every ember, then you need to dig a hole and bury those ashes uh I I will believe they're out of the tournament when they're out of the tournament. Uh, Rather than me continuing to unpine at a ridiculous rate, let's welcome in a man who actually knows a little bit more about the game than I do, a hugely successful Black Caps coach in a past life, uh, still involved in the game at a very high level, great reader of all things out of India too, he knows what he's talking about. Mr Mike Heston joins the program, Mike, lovely to hear from you. Hey Daniel, good morning. What a great start to this tournament. Gee, there's been some big scores, there's been some big chases, there's been some lopsided results. We've had a real mixture for the through the first week, haven't we? Yeah, probably the one thing we haven't had is too many close contests. Um, you know, the
1: sides have often been blown out of the water, and that's probably why the net run rates are so are so varied. Um, and, you yeah, know, I would have thought there'd be a few more close contests, but uh, certainly I certainly enjoyed last night um, Australia getting... Uh, dealt a pretty harsh lesson around uh, potentially the balance of their squad that they've gone with.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that in just a moment, but what's the biggest story, the rise of South Africa or the fall of Australia? Oh, I think South Africa has been um,
1: sort of bubbling away for a while, so I mean, that was sort of always my top four. I think Australia oh, for me, it, it all turned when, um, as yeah, said when they bought in Marnus Lubbershane for, uh, for Ashton A. it kind of it kind of disrespected the, the conditions in India that um, you know, every team has acknowledged, except Australia have said, no, we're going to boil you all with, with our big three quicks and
0: conditions just don't allow it.
1: So I think they've, they've sort of fallen on their own sword a little bit.
0: And picking Joe Inglis and batting him at number five, Alex Carey uh, has been their incumbent for a long time, got 99 against South Africa just last month. That sort of... You know, when you make a change one game into a tournament, yes, and you would know this, that, that, that sort of goes against your pre-planning, right? Is, is that a sign of, I'm not sure if panic's the right word, but I, I think you know where I'm coming from. Well, it, it, it kind of is
1: a, yeah, it, Well, it is panic, and it's, it's showing a lack of confidence in Kerry, who, who's also another left-hander in that lineup. You know, they've just got, other than Warner, they've got no one. Um, you know, they miss Travis Head, so to, to all of a sudden go, no, we're going to pick Josh Inglis, because he's got a few more options against spin is, is a pretty strange one. Uh, and that sort of filters through the rest of the group that, hey, um, we're not securing our spots. And, and when you want to play with some certainty, same as, as green. I mean, Stornis has come in, green's dropped out. Uh, it's a massive shift after one game. Um, and, you know, the first game, to be fair, they could easily have won that game against India if, if they'd taken that catch of very So for me, it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. And it kind of shows that they've got so much batting resource that they don't know what to do with it. And for me, chopping and changing is not the way to go.
0: No, no, absolutely not. Mike Hesson is with us, former Black Caps coach of courses. We taught the cricket World Cup. Do do you still sort of look at Australia like I did? You've heard my diatribe. They're out once, they're only out. I'm carrying a lot of scars, yes. Uh, You can understand that. Um, That's why I'm so grey and, and looking so haggard at a very young 44 years of age, but... But they do have an ability with back against the wall that you have to kind of admire historically.
1: Yeah, look, you do, and I think England were in the same boat last year, weren't they? Last World Cup, weren't they, when they were pretty much out and they had to win. uh, I I don't know, was it three on the bounce to to make the semi-finals in the first place? But you never felt secure, and and I agree. I feel the same with Australia. And if Australia sneak into the semi-finals, then you know they've got enough experience to be able to do it. You know, at the when, when it really counts. So. You know, they have to win at least six of their next eight games, which is not, you know, not insurmountable for them. Um, but for me, it's, as I said, it's just the fact they probably don't have the right balance to deal with all conditions. And, uh, and they were certainly exposed in luck now last
0: night. Uh, Quinton de Kock, a brilliant 100 uh, at better than a runner ball. You factor in Aidan Markram, who started this uh, tournament so well. Klassen can club it with the very, very best of the millet. There's so much power in that South African lineup, is, is that the key element to their game that maybe other teams can't counter? Well,
1: they've got six high quality batsmen. I mean, you know, you didn't mention David Miller. I mean, you, to be fair, you can keep going on and on. I mean, Miller's probably been yeah. the, the best finisher um, the last 18 months, class, and probably the best middle order player in terms of against spin, um, you know, going around. So, And, and Markram's obviously in the form of his life. Quinton um, de Kock can be hot and cold, but he's hot. Um, and when he's hot, he just, you know, he makes the job much easier for for Bavuma to to play at the tempo he does. Um, Amanda Dusen's a good player at three. Like they've got the top six is is exceptional. The one thing they don't have is probably depth in their batting. Um, but then, mm, I mean, when you've got a top six like that, you probably don't need it. Um, <laughs> and. Bowling-wise, I mean, they've, they've lost um, Nokia, but they're probably one country that has enough bowling resource from a quick point of view to be able to deal with it. You know, Ngidi came in last night, and, you know, his changes of pace and his ability to, um, you know, to, to get the ball to move, um, you know, created some real challenges at the top. So, yeah, you know, I think they are the real deal. It's just how they deal with pressure, and, you know, history suggests that uh, they're not the best.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, a bit like all black fans are thinking about uh, the Irish and hoping uh, history does uh, you know pop into their thinking this weekend. But as far as um, you mentioned, and I hope I heard that correctly, they were always in your top four, Mike, South Africa. Yeah, Who they, was it yeah, always in Africa. your top four prior to the tournament? Who was?
1: Uh, so India, to be fair, India, Australia, um, uh, England uh, and South Africa were my top four. Um, I had New Zealand, New Zealand at fifth and um, uh, Pakistan sort of at sixth. I don't think Pakistan have, have quite got enough of the ball um, to be able to be there at the back end of the tournament. I know they've started strongly, but they also went for over 300 against, uh, against Sri Lanka, who are, you know, who can be who can be vulnerable when the ball moves. So, uh, But South Africa, I was actually disappointed that they did so well against Australia, because then everybody started to think about them. But um, I just think they've been
0: preparing quite nicely over the last 12 months. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Grant Elliott's been uh, high on them in the last few weeks on the Saturday session too. Um, And he talked about that that batting, balancing everything out. So they look like they're in it for the long haul. India, you're so right about. They'll make it. Has your... and, and I think picking New Zealand fifth Is, is not you know, criticism of New Zealand It's just the other four are such good sides And there's six really good teams I see And the rest, sorry, the rest yeah. uh, And it's pretty obvious who the six are Mike, Has your thinking about New Zealand changed Based on what you saw, especially against England? Probably less than What you saw from the yeah, game against the Netherlands it has.
1: I, mean, I, I guess I flagged um, A few months ago These two games in Chennai And uh, against, you know Bangladesh and Afghanistan is pretty much the turning point for New Zealand, and that hasn't changed. Like, I think if New Zealand can get through these two games, and, and I've listened to your show a little bit over the last few days when I'm driving around, and, and people seem to think that these are a couple of lock-in wins, uh, and they're far from it um, because of the conditions. You know, Bangladesh. If you, if you were to play Bangladesh in Ahmedabad or, or Delhi or you know Mahali or wherever, you'd be that would be a lock-in win. But we're not. We're playing them in Chennai, which will be which will, will suit their finger spinners immensely. So we have to play well, uh, and I think if we play well against Bangladesh, then you know we've got every chance of winning. But we can't we can't expect it. Um, and Afghanistan have got probably the most um, attacking spin bowling trio uh, in the competition. So if they get conditions that suit, that could be hard work as well, especially if you're batting first you know in the daylight. So. Um, yeah, I, I think if New Zealand can get through this, then yes, I think they're every chance of making the semifinals, and then, hey, who knows?
0: Yeah, they do have good operators. Um, Bangladesh, Al Hassan has been a brilliant cricketer for a long, long time. Made him Hassan, good off-break uh, bowler for sure. Uh, Afghanistan, I, I just hope they bring on Rashid Khan when the game is over, like they did against India. Um, yes, I, I <laughs> made the point yesterday. I just, found, I just found that so weird. Fifth, what, did he come on fifth change when the game was over? It was so odd yeah come on the eighteenth over or something it it's like they do it in
1: t twenties as well, like they're defending a low score and he bowls the seventh over it's like opposition on fifty you know like it just makes no sense at all i mean he's very reluctant to bowl um in the power play, but i mean yeah even then he should be, he should be on the eleventh over i mean he's if he doesn't bowl in the power play, bowl him straight afterwards You don't you don't wait till the eighteenth over when opposition's on hundred and thirty. Um, I mean that's just <laughs> ludicrous. So, um, and Rashid's and one of those ones that if you line him up, um, you know Rohit played him beautifully. But if if you if you can't pick him out of the hand, he can be a real handful with the new ball. Um, you know he gets the ball to drift, he gets the ball to he bowls googlies, he bowls offies, he bowls little little flickers. So he's a, he's hard work, but uh, certainly not as good as Rashid.
0: He's a wonderful cricketer, ladies and gentlemen. He's a brilliant bowler, and he's just so much fun to watch. He has entertainment. Uh, Let's hope he gets spanked to all parts by the New Zealanders, though. Mike Hesson is with us, the former Black Caps head coach. Mike, let's talk about the integration of Kane Williamson uh, and how it sort of impacts the team and the flow-on effect. But before we do that, were you as downcast and distraught as I was back in April when news broke of this knee injury, thinking he had no chance of getting to a World Cup? Yeah, I was watching it
1: live um, and I saw him land and I obviously saw the aftermath and straight away you, just, you could see that it was serious. So, yeah, thoughts obviously went to Kane and, and then obviously went to New Zealand as well um, in terms of, geez, there's our, there's our man, uh, probably our best player of spin, you know, over a long period of time. Um, that's going to be a huge loss and we're not going to be able to replace it. Um, so the fact that he's made such a miraculous recovery is a testament to the work that he puts in and testament to the medical staff as well. You know, they've obviously done a, a damn good job. Uh, and I think the fact that they've done it quite nicely, you know, in terms of him playing the warm-up games, not having to field too much. Then he's had another week, to sort of week to 10 days to gain his confidence back in the field. So, I mean, they've given him every chance, which is which is all you can ask, really. Um, and obviously, Russian's, uh filled that
0: void... Uh, well, beautifully. Yeah. Are you as worried about Kane Williamson's knees and Indian outfields as I am? I don't think it was in Durham-Charlotte. I think now that they don't... Um, yeah, they're not
1: playing there. I'll be really worried about putting him out on that field. Um, most of the other outfields are pretty good, to be fair. I wouldn't oh, be uh, as concerned. Yeah.
0: So who do they go with? Who should they go with? Who? who and I always like to think of it as... Who would the opposition least like to face? If you were to, and I'm not sure if this is helpful to the current team being a former coach, but yes, we'd love to hear your opinion on it. Who bats one, two, and three if you were formulating a side? Yeah, look,
1: personally, I'll put a bit of thought into it as well. Um, look, I would, I would keep Rutchen in my side, but I would still open with Will Young. Um, I think we saw, like Mahidi Hassan, we saw it even against the Netherlands. Um, you know the offspinner Dutz, bowling to, um, you know bowling to our openers, and Will Young was the guy who who took the game on. Um, you know Shakib's unlikely to bowl um, in the power play, or he might certainly early on, but Mahedi will certainly bowl. Um, so I, I just think that you need the right hander at the top to be able to take on the off spinner, Otherwise, they can bowl a lot of cheap overs at us, and they can easily bowl two off spinners as well if they think that's the lineup. Um, and i w- I would actually bring Rutchen in at, at four. Um, I think he 's got the the way that he played the spin um, gives another left hander in the middle um, he's he 's obviously in touch and, and I compare that with Chapman, who really struggled against the offie the other day when the ball turned.
0: Yep. Um,
1: you know, there's a lot of dot balls uh, there was a build up of pressure, and then there was a, a slog out um, so for me that 's the way Bangladesh will build pressure. They'll create dots, and, and you need someone who's got that ability more to, to get off strike, rather than necessarily just be a big shot player. Um, so for me, I'd do that, and then you've got um, you know, you've got you've got Mitchell, Latham, and and Phillips at sort of five, six, seven, depending on how you want to use them. So
0: that's the way I would go. Yeah, really interesting. Really interesting. Mike Essen is with us. And as far as the bowling makeup is concerned, I, I looked over the last 10 years, you know, in, in your era, then into Gareth, such a resourceful sort of uh, attack, able to adjust to conditions so quickly, read the game really well. So is it horses for courses as far as the makeup of the bowlers that they'll drop in Sodi when appropriate, that they might, you know, drop in Tim Southey when appropriate, or is there a clear sort of hierarchy as far as the makeup of the bowling lineup in a? First choice New Zealand one day side?
1: Well, I think New Ball, I think, you know, Bolt and Henry have got a, are a lock in. So that, that makes it difficult for Tim. Um, I mean, Tim, therefore, is a, is a replacement New Ball bowler. Um, you know, even in my own time, you know, trying to play Henry, Bolt, and Saudi in the same team is difficult. Um, yeah. Because they're, they're all best equipped with the New Ball. And if, if one of them doesn't take the New Ball, then you're taking away their biggest strength. Um, and that's where Lockie becomes so important and for me that Lockie slash East Saudi, depending on conditions is really important um, you know in terms of when you bring them in and when you don't um, I think it's challenging for New Zealand to only have two seamers however um, you know and, and that's where that's where niche, you know, Nisham Chapman and that all-rounder role became quite a nice swap um so I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit because, you know, I've, I've, I think Ratchin's done enough in these conditions. Uh, and I think in, in Chennai, you, you can get away with two seamers. Um, but it's probably one of the few venues where you can. So, um, you know, that's where I think, you know, Nisham potentially comes back into it if you're going to play Sodi. You know, then you've got two and a half seamers. So there's enough flexibility in that squad. I, I quite like it, actually. Um Yeah, for me, Lockie's the one that that really needs to step up um, because that gives New Zealand that real point of difference that they they potentially don't have with playing Tim as a third seamer.
0: Yeah, and that's very true, and that's reflected in his numbers in the one-day game over the last two years. And I know the numbers aren't the be-all and end-all, but uh, you want him, you know, chipping away in that wickets column a bit more frequently than we have seen in the last couple of years. Yes, I'll get you out on this one. Put your coaching cap on, your analytical mind. You know, what... What are the evolving trends of the modern-day game that, that you, you've you seen from this early stage that you expect to become a, a real prevalent sort of feature throughout the tournament?
1: Well, I think sides uh, have, haven't really attacked the power play with the bat as much as they potentially have in the past. I mean, there was a lot of talk that, you know, in India the ball gets softer and it turns, so you've got to score runs in the power play. I think that's changed now. I think most sides... Uh, are basically stacking up for the last 20 overs to almost play it like a T20 game uh, where they know they can score potentially 200 in the last 20 overs. So I think the game's the games changed. That's why, you know, the other side of that is you must have wicket-takers um, in those middle overs. You know, if you don't, uh, then you can find yourself... The, the depth The depth overs have changed from sort of being the last 8 to 10 to potentially being the last 15 to 18 overs. Um, and that's the way sides are seeing where they can get the advantage, you know, rather than go out and be aggressive in the power play. Because if you're two to three down after 10, um, you know, you're, you're minimising your ability to change the game at the death. So I think that's, that's probably the biggest trend change that we've seen so far in this World Cup.
0: Right, I lied. One last one. Uh, there's been a bit of grumbling about crowds over there. Um, do you feel that way? What, what are people over in India thinking about it all? Uh, What what would you say on that uh, subject? Well, it's too
1: expensive for for Indian public. I mean, um, you know, the IPL sell out in about 40 minutes. And there's a good reason for that is they've got a price point for for different tickets. So, you know, if if you're only able to sell it to, um, you know, to your your higher middle class, um, and often they've got to work at two o'clock in the afternoon uh, to be able to be in that in that situation, um, whereas, you know, night game, 7.30, 8 o'clock, um, you know, with the price point that suits um, all Indians, um, then you'll have it it's sold out in no time. So, uh, But also, it's pretty hot at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, standing out, a lot of the grounds don't have any shade at all. Um, and if India's not playing, then it's it's quite hard to get them along. Uh, and probably the last part of that is the draw keeps changing and, and wasn't finalised till the last minute. So, Makes it pretty difficult for for anybody who can't, you know, drop their joy, who aren't self employed, really, um, to be able to turn up at the cricket. And there's, you know, there's very few people that are self employed in India um, that, you know, that are willing to spend seven or eight days in uh, forty degree heat with no
0: shade. Other than that, perfectly run tournament. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, yeah. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Great, great to have you join us. Always really enjoyed chatting. Learned so much. Thanks for your time, mate, and keep that radio dial uh, fixed on S C N Z, right? All right. Good, man. Enjoy your show. Thanks, Mike Heston. Appreciate that. Very kind. Uh, Mike Hesson joining us there. Uh, hugely successful former Black Caps coach, uh, still heavily involved in the game at the pointy end. He knows what he's talking about, and he knows those conditions. So whew, I, what I learned from there is don't worry, Daniel, too much about the outfields and Kane Williamson's knees, unless they're at damasala Um some really interesting observations here about the makeup of the New Zealand side, the options they have, both betting and bowling.